Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Sayla Prack. Today, I am honored to be joined by Jimmy Edwards. A little bit about Jimmy. Jimmy is the co-founder of High Five Multifamily, a real estate solutions company that focuses on acquisition, revitalization of distressed and value-add multifamily investment property. Since 2017, High Five Multifamily has bought and sold 868 units and is currently looking for opportunities in Dallas, Fort Worth, and San Antonio area, around 60 to 250 units. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for spending time with me today. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Can't, no complaints. So, Jimmy, if you don't mind, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you get started with real estate? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I've pretty much been in real estate my, my whole career, about 15 years I got a degree in finance from Texas Tech University, and uh, I got the last year, maybe last semester, took some real estate classes. So my degree is actually finance with an emphasis in real estate. So I really got interested in real estate. Then um, I moved to Houston in about 2006 and uh, was selling high-rise condos, uh, new construction, and uh, around 2009, things started changing. I moved up to Dallas um, and I actually got into mortgages. So I got into uh, to finance uh, single family homes. And, uh, you know, I did pretty well in a hard time, right? Interest rates were dropping. And so I was doing a whole lot of refis from 2010 to 2012. And, uh, you know, heard a lot of pain and a lot of stories, was able to help a lot of people. But, and then in 2013, I started buying houses, flipping houses from 2013 to like 2017. We probably flipped 100 houses full time. And then 2018, started buying apartment buildings. So, Oh, nice. Uh, so you're starting out as a single family investment and then uh, moving to, you know, like multifamily in 2018. Um, can you tell us uh, what the shift there? Why the shift? Yeah. I mean, every year we'd, you know, evaluate our business and, you know, say, hey, how how are we going to scale next year? In 2016, I don't know, we probably did 50 or 60 houses. 2017, we did half the amount of houses with bigger margins. And then 2018, I discovered multifamily. Um, and I really liked that while, you, you know, it's essentially you're flipping apartment building, right? A value add apartment deal is, is flipping an apartment. Um, but you have the tenants in the building, uh, while you're doing the renovations, right? So they're, you know, paying for your holding costs. And not only that, but I really liked how you could force appreciation. So if you have a single family house, in, in most scenarios, if you have a $300,000 house rented out for 10 grand a month, that doesn't make it worth a million dollars, right? But in apartments, uh, it kind of does. So that was really what piqued my interest, those, those two things. Um, we started small with the with a 16 unit deal and then we started buying hundred unit deals and that's been a lot of fun. 
Wow. So um, you said that you started small with a 16 units deal and then start buying like 100 units, you know, like uh, I'm pretty sure it's like around that time, 2018, 2019, even 2020 is like the hardest market for multifamily at the time, right? And uh, getting brokers to actually taking you seriously is even setting you deals, which is possibly one of the most difficult thing to do. Um, how did you get them to take you seriously between 16, jump from 16 to like 100 plus units? Um, yeah. Like, uh, is there any tips there? Yeah. So we, through the industry, you know, we had uh, friends in the business and that first 16 unit deal was a wholesale deal. It came from a wholesaler. Uh, a friend of ours received it. Um, he'd done apartment buildings before and knew that we were trying to get into the apartment building space. So he was like, Hey, look, you no, know, like let's partner on this deal. I'll help get the financing and you guys can, you know, do a lot of the sweat equity. And uh, mm-hmm. we, so we, we took them up on that. And then throughout that process, I was looking at deals, establishing relationships. I've always kind of been, you know, a deal finder. Um, I like hunting for deals, you know, building relationships. And we found a, a deal. It was a hundred unit deal and it was 50% occupied. And I was like, Hey, you know, this looks like the type of deal that we like. Right. And so we reached back out to these, these partners that we were in the small deal with, and they were interested in, in doing another one. Um, so we kind of built from there and just over time after looking at similar deals, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, people seeing that we, we can do those kinds of deals helped us get, you know, momentum. So as of today's, um, you know, like 2023s, um, what is the, uh, high five multifamily portfolio look like? So we sold, uh, a handful of deals in 21 and 22. So we had quite a few successful exits. Uh, so we're pretty light on assets right now. It's funny how things work out, right? I mean, you know, we've got a couple deals that are, that are fixed long-term debt and we sold some deals. We've got some capital and, uh, you know, we really have the bandwidth right now to be looking at deals. You know, I went to a conference last week and, you know, there's a lot of people, um, that are busy juggling deals, trying to keep them together. Right. So, you know, I feel pretty grateful that we sold at the right time and and now we're able to focus on buying stuff that potentially um, could be at a good basis. So, yeah. So like a uh, congratulation on that. You actually sold at a perfect time, 2021, yeah. 2022 for multifamily apartments, like perfect time. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like positioning yourself to like potential deals coming in in 2024. So what type of deals are you looking for uh, starting from here for the next, you know, 24 months? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything from, we've got an 11 unit deal right now. I mean, anything from 10 units to 200 units. Um, I think C plus B deals, we'll buy some older vintage stuff if it's in a good area. But I mean, you know, I'm in Texas and we're in Dallas focused on kind of the I-35 corridor from Dallas to San Antonio, 100, 150 units plus or minus um, in good locations that potentially um are physically distressed or, or really you know operations as we've done more deals you know I, I used to look for the ones that were in physical distress and you know i've realized it's a lot easier when they're in good shape but the operations are just poor right so right. and i think that's where we are in the market I, I think that there's people who've they might be getting near the end of the runway and the property you got to be a good operator right now. I mean, that's, that's really, you know, what it comes down to. So um, just trying to, you know, hopefully help save some people's deals and buy some. Yeah. 
Is there any strategies that you actually deploying right now? Just making sure that you get the right deal. Um, you know, like there's a potentials of a cap rate expansions in the next 24 months. And if you find a deal that you feel like, hey, I'm going to uh, go ahead and acquire uh, this year, but how do you uh, you know plan potential downturns in the next you know like two years? Yeah, you know, really just make making sure that we're well. We're well capitalized. Um, I think also choosing the right kind of debt for the deal. I think in the markets that we're looking in, you know, I think there's it's slowed down. You know, I don't know that we're going to see a crazy, a crazy black hole like like we did a decade ago. But I think you got to you got to be smart. I think that you got to make sure that the deal makes sense. And you know, we're looking at a lot of deals, and it's hard to get them to pencil, right? So mm-hmm. I think really just participating and you got to turn over twice as many rocks right now uh, to find half the amount of deals. Right. And, you know, a lot of people, I think a lot of people are burnt out. Right. So, you know, we're just, we're looking at deals, we're talking to brokers and um, letting people know that, you know, we're not scared of, of hard, hard Mm -hmm. deals. Right. And so we see them. And I think, unfortunately, like a lot of times lately, the sellers are just a little bit behind the market. Right. So, you know, they need a price to get out of the deal. The market doesn't agree. A couple months later, they say, okay, we'll take that price. Well, now the market's lower. <laughs> so they're chasing this. And so we're looking at a lot of them, but I think just being smart about where I think expenses are going to go, um, being smart about, you know, we're probably staying pretty level on, on rents just for the short term. Um, but I think in, you know, 36 months, you know, the next three to five years. I mean, I, you know, I, th- I think if you can make it through the next 24 months, you're probably going to come out the other side uh, pretty yeah. good. That totally makes sense, Jimmy. Like when you said, like, just you need to turn over more rocks, right? Um, to making sure that you find that perfect deal. So like uh, finding the right deal is basically a, a numbers game. The more deals you're looking at, the more the opportunities that you will find the right one. Um, but in terms of uh, returns itself, you know, like to the investor, um, tell us a little bit about um, I find multifamily, you know, returns in the past uh, portfolio. How did it look like? And I know it's as uh, easy compliant, you know, like um, previous or past uh, like performance doesn't really mean to right. say that it's going to be the same in the future. But I just want our listeners to learn more about high five uh, yeah, multifamily. Yeah. When we underwrite our deals, you know, we're looking uh, to double double our money, double our investors' money, you know, within three to five years. Our range of deals has gone anywhere from 1.9x to 4.8x, right? So, I mean, we've had some pretty good base hits. And then, you know, we had some other deals that just totally, totally crushed it. Uh, one of them, the IRR was, it was pretty high, man. And people were like, wait, 100%? What is this? You know, and um, so, you know, I mean, that's not going to happen every time. Right. But you got to turn over rocks. Look, man, I mean, right now, base hits would be great. Right. And I think that if you're buying, buying a deal right now and underwriting it as a base hit, I, I think that four to five years from now, it's, it's going to look like a grand slam. Right. Because we're going to go we're going to go back up into another expansion, I believe. So mm-hmm. just being diligent and not, you know, not I think where a lot of people got hurt is they got stuck with a hot potato. Right. So just got to be smart about your underwriting and be be realistic. But, you know, I mean, most of our deals have been 100% returns, 24, 36 months. Um, and we had a killer one. It was like 4.8x. So 
Yeah. Wow, congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah, and, thanks. <laughs> and Jimmy, you know, like from your experience, um, what do you see investor typical, um, you know, like expectation right now, right, in terms of uh, returns on a multifamilies? Are they, are they uh, scared? Are they afraid to invest in a multifamily right now? Uh, there's a lot of uh, floating words around saying multifamily is in distress mode right now. Um, you know, like what's your thought on that? You know, in my experience, that's the best time to buy. I think that when rates are high, values are down, loans are hard to get, and equity is hard to raise. I mean, I think that's the best time to buy a deal. I think that common equity is tricky right now. You know, there's, there's, you potentially got some investors who are in deals that distributions have stopped, um, capital calls have been asked for. And so, you know, that experience may, cause some investors to tighten up. But I think there's probably a portion of investors out there that are just looking for, hey, you know, we don't need a grand slam. Like we want a safe bet. We want fixed debt. We want a clean deal. You know, it'll kick off five, 6% cash return. And, you know, that's what we're happy with. Right. And then I think there's other investors, a lot in our database that are sitting there going, hey man, like I think values are down. This is the time to to pick up some grand slams. And like, I'm looking for those, those value add deals. Right. So, you know, I think everyone's appetite's a little bit different, but our database has generally gotten more excited about the hairy deals, right? The ones that are, you know, not fully occupied that need, you know, heavy lift operation and lift. Right. Um, and those are the ones that we did well on. So I think that overall there's the attitude is a little bit wait and see. Um, but I think that most deals that are getting purchased right now are, are probably going to end up being winners in a couple of years. Got it. And Jimmy, so, you know, like if our listeners are LP investors who wanted to jump in for, uh, like multifamily, you know, for the first time or so putting that $50,000 right now, um, what's some of the tips that you would advise them, um, to do? I think that it all goes back to the operators, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that you know, you invest with people that you know, like, and trust. I would rather do a mediocre deal with a great operator than a great deal with a mediocre operator, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we're the CEOs of the business and you got to trust the vision and you got to trust the skill set and all those things. So really that's what, you know, what I think it is. Um, Mm. As far as you know, where I invest, if when when I'm doing LP deals, like it's it's all about the operator, you know. Okay, and um, you know, like at the current times right now, what is your recommendation for um, you know, investor to invest, uh, which market to invest in? There's um, you know, like a uh, small market, treasure markets, and big city like Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah. You know, like uh, what is your recommendation? What's your thought on that? So I'm, you know, maybe I'm a little bit biased, right? I'm I'm in Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth. I think that. You know, we're really landlord friendly state in Texas. Um, And we did well in secondary and tertiary markets. You know, my opinion is and will continue to be that we got in those deals and exited at the right time. We got them at a good basis. But, you know, I, I think that when you're coming out of a downturn and you go into an expansion, once the main markets are are getting bitten up, people start getting in secondary, tertiary markets, right? But then when things start tightening, the first ones to kind of get hurt are secondary, tertiary markets or or even war zones, right? So, you know, I've been seeing a lot of deals 
in secondary markets and in D neighborhoods. They're juicy deals on paper. And then you start looking at the economics and the fundamentals and you're like, you know, I really think that there are going to be deals just like this in better locations in the next three, six, nine, 12, 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that those are indicators of maybe potentially what we're going to see in more desirable locations, right? So if you can get a deal that's falling apart in a B location, again, when we go into an expansion, that's going to be the first thing to to grow before you hit the other markets. So, I mean, I'm trying to stick in the safer metros for right now. Got it. Got it. And Jimmy, you know, since you invested in real estate, how has real estate impacted your life so far? I mean, I've reached past my wildest dreams. I never thought half of what I've been doing now was was possible. Uh, changed my life, you know, kind of doing my own thing for the past decade and um, free to do what I want. And, and I like chasing deals and I like building businesses and like hanging out and, and doing deals with our partners. And, you know, it's it's just fun. Right. And anyway. And the first deal that we did uh, was was a magnet for crime, right? And and we turned it around, and there was no longer drug dealers at the park, and kids were were kicking the soccer ball, you know. And and so just enhancing communities is is pretty is pretty fun too, man. I mean, that's at the heart of it, right? I mean, that's what you're doing it for making making money as a byproduct, and you know, it allows us to have our own freedom. But um, it's just yeah. a feel good business. That's awesome. So, Jimmy, if you know what you know now about real estate, you know, like what would you do differently when you first started? Man, I, you know, I would just say participate. I mean, really, you got to look at deals, right? Um, and don't get analysis paralysis. I, I think, you know, turn over rocks, look for deals. Um, some of them are, are going to get crushed and some of them, you know, are going to end up working out. But, you know, start participating. I you know, all I knew was, you know, you get rich in real estate, right? And all I knew how to do was buy a house. So I bought a house. I think a lot of the single family things that we learn have, have helped us in in multifamily. Um, but you don't have to go that route. I mean, you can go straight into multifamily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no wrong answer, really. Got it. Got it. Um, you know, like uh, as a real estate investor, successful real estate investor like yourself, um, what is the one thing that would set successful people apart when investing in uh, real estate? Really just being diligent. Again, I think that you got to turn over a lot of rocks, you know, and you're going to see a lot of shiny objects and they're not all going to be deals, right? And I think that not getting, you know, burnout or not getting disappointed or giving up, right? I mean, you keep going because my first mentor said, hey, man, like, the next deal is just right around the corner, you know? And so even in sales, right? Like if you take 30 bad leads, you know, you're, you're bound to get one or two coming up mm. soon, right? You've gotten through all the, all the bad stuff, you know, the, the right. good ones are coming. So yep. be patient and be patient. Yep. yep. And to me, you mentioned earlier about the analysis paralysis, right? That is real. Um, yep. You know, like, uh, is there any tips of how people can get out of that? Man, I think that, you know, one of the books that really changed my mindset, obviously, E-Meth is a good one, um, but Who Not How, I think is important. I think that there's some people um, that are just going to kill every single deal. And then I think there's other people that can get excited about every single deal. And I think if you marry those two people in a business, you're going to have a really good team, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to find that equilibrium of being able to do deals, right? So 
I think get a good mentor. I think, you know, get an education and I think partner with people with experience, right? And you're going to try to kill a deal and, and you're going to try to make a deal work. And, you know, you'll end up in the middle a couple of times, which is where you want to be. So, you know, yep. I think just having good partners. That makes sense. Um, You know, like the opposite of the uh, analysis paralysis is someone who actually trying to tweak the number and make the deal works on every deal, right? right. And then, you know, like I'm guilty on that as well. So on, on right. both ends, actually. Right. And finding it, like you mentioned, finding the right, the middle equal um, equilibrium is, is very, very uh, difficult. So finding the right partners who had a second set of eye, you know, like making sure that you're looking at the number objectively, numbers don't lie. So right. you say like, okay, my investor want 10% before return and you start to, and 15% IRR, you start playing with the numbers and the cap rate, just making sure that you get your 15% IRR. That's when you start getting in trouble, basically, right. essentially. So right. yeah, so Jimmy, so we appreciate you coming on to the podcast today and talk to me about your real estate journeys, talk to me about your um, multifamilies uh, experience, um, you know, like portfolio for hi-fi multifamily and the goal, uh, you know, like uh, coming uh, in the next 24 months and positioning yourselves and your company, you know, to acquire a lot of more asset classes in Dallas, Fort Worth and uh, San Antonio's area. Um, you know, like we really appreciate you uh, coming on and giving us a lot of tips and making sure that we prepare ourselves. Um, so Jimmy, if our listener wanted to find out more about you, about your company, where can they go? Yeah, just go to our website. It's High Five Multifamily. It's all spelled out, H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E, multifamily.com. Our bio's on there. Some of the deals we've done is on there. There's a contact us button, you know, hit us up and we can jump on a phone call and uh, go from there. Awesome. Jimmy, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.